This is part one of a two-part interview with Danielle Fenster. Danielle is a transformational coach who is on a mission to share the miraculous with the world. Listen in as she shares her stories and the simple mindset that allows her to position herself in the path of God's miraculous work. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom in a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman, and I hope you are doing well. I hope you're having a great day, a great morning, a great evening, whenever you're listening to this. And most importantly, I hope you're pursuing the God-given assignment that you have and creating something special for the world and serving his people. So today I have a very special guest on the show today, a close family friend, Miss Danielle Fenster. She's from the Chicago area, wife of Walden Fenster, who we had on the show last year in 2020. She's the mother of four wonderful kids, an amazing businesswoman and transformational coach. She loves people, fun, fashion, good dessert, and most importantly, a lover of Jesus. And one thing I deeply admire about Danielle is she obeys and follows the spirit relentlessly. And by doing so, her life is full of stories that would be called miraculous. So Danielle, thanks so much for your time today and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tom. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. And I always love connecting with you. You're one of my favorite families. You and your wife are just incredible. You've had such an impact on our life. Um, I know that everyone that gets to listen to your podcast is highly blessed with the wisdom that you bring um, to the marketplace, and we've just been transformed by your friendship. So it's a great day. I'm getting to see you. It is. It is a great day. I appreciate that so much. And most people probably don't know, Danielle was my coach for six months last year and was actually instrumental in helping me start this podcast. So thank you for that. And so Danielle, just to like start off, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, briefly tell us how you got to where you are today. So my life 10 years ago is like radically different than the life I live today. Um, I, 10 years ago, I was like really, really excited about the idea of entrepreneurship and wanting to build a business, but I had no clue what I was doing. I just, I knew that I loved people. I knew I loved being around them. I saw people having success and I just didn't understand how it was possible. So I tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed having no idea at the time that, you know, the reason I was failing was because of the, the thoughts that I had had growing up about myself and about the world. And I had gotten to a point when I got super, super sick of trying and failing and trying and failing and getting frustrated. Like, how is this working for people? And it's not working for me. Why are they getting results that I want to have? And I just felt like I wasn't, I was living that lifestyle that was like, I, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I would go like multiple nights in a row without sleeping, just like that total hustle and grind of I can do all the things. I was even studying um, at a university at the time too. So I was trying to build a business and go to school. And my I didn't realize to the severity of how I was um, dis- destroying my health at the time. I was destroying relationships because my focus was solely on the success that I could have and the money that I could make. So this idea of entrepreneurship was really exciting because it was like maybe I could have maybe I could have time freedom, you know, like be able to do things with my, with like my parents or my brother or my friends. But I found myself using that as the very thing I 
I couldn't do. Like, are you kidding me? I got I have to work. I can't do this. I need to take these calls. I got to do these messages. I can't meet you for lunch. And it was very opposite of kind of let's say this like Instagrammy lifestyle. I saw that um, you could like have it all, whether that was true or not. I just felt like there was some people that were living it and it was true. And I want to know how. So I went to a, like a business and relationship seminar and I was mindful on the first day. I felt like I had awareness I'd never had before. I learned things about myself. Um, it was just one of the most profound teachings I'd ever heard in my entire life. And at the end of the day, the woman said, I've been teaching all day from the Bible. And I was like, I've never read the Bible. I had no idea any of this stuff was in there. And she invited us for a night session to say, I'm going to be reading from this book tonight. And it's totally optional. And I would not have gone to this event if I knew it was going to be about Jesus. And that sounds sounds weird to me now because I love, love him so much, but I wouldn't have because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I wouldn't have gone um, if it wasn't about money. But what I found there was Jesus and I found hope mm -hmm. and a vision for a completely different life. And I was like, you know what? I don't even know what the fullness of this entails, but I don't really have anything better going on. And the life I've been living doesn't seem like it's going to be a long and prosperous one. So I'm going to, what have I got to lose? I'm going to try Jesus. And that's where I started. Hmm. So what was it about like the, the conference? So you kind of talked about this hustle and grind, pursuing freedom or what you thought was freedom, but your business, which was going to be the vehicle for freedom, was actually kind of stealing it from you because you couldn't have time to do anything else. What in that business conference stuck out to you besides, like, what were some of those concepts where it's like, oh, I could have a more full life or I could have success in like the key areas of life instead of like what I found is most people believe like for me to succeed in one area, that means I have to sacrifice in another. And it's almost like this zero sum game of just keeping it balanced, right? Like I have a surplus in this area of life. So now I can go attend to this one and that's going to create a deficit. We're just trying to keep things at zero. What, what was it about those principles that was like, no, I really can't have this full life. Well, so first and foremost, um, I'm a huge believer in the power of the testimony, um, which is why like my whole, my whole like mission and vision is to share the miraculous with the world in the life that I've lived for the last nine years. So when I went, I realized the way this woman talked about like her, her marriage and her children and, and she shared her failures, right? She shared a lot of it resonated because she shared her past was similar to the past I just shared with you of, of just being like super consumed, consumed in work and being detrimental to other things. So the thing that caught my attention was I realized that the way I was approaching relationships was once I had the awareness was not a way I, I no longer wanted to approach relationships. I realized I was creating more work for myself with not having the wisdom or knowledge of how to love on people, how to interact with them, how to honor them, that it was just about personal gain. And as, as my journeys continued uh, even deeper, which I know Tom talks a lot about, which is the most powerful thing is the power of our thoughts and the beliefs that we carry. So if even going into that event, like my beliefs being like, I'm here to make money, was I there to connect with people or meet people or learn about their experiences or their journey or their story or how they overcame? Or was I tunnel visioned on what am I going to get from this event? What am I going to take from this event? And it was the first time in my life that I had awareness that like, I think the lens that I've been viewing this through is not the lens that I want to carry the rest of my life. And the beautiful thing is we get to choose. We get to decide, do I want to lay this down and pick something else up and try it on? Or do I want to keep, keep it the hustle and the grind and not sleeping and very realistically have an early grave 
So how has that evolved over, you said nine years? Yeah, it was nine. Yeah, this summer, actually, just last month, it was nine years mm -hmm. that I um, accepted Jesus as Lord of my life. So how has that evolved when it comes to, from that moment when you kind of realize, oh, this, here's something new, I'm going to try this to prevent the hustle and grind, or even like you said, an early grave to live this full, abundant life. Like, as you've worked that out, by taking action, what are some of the things or like epiphanies that you've had along the way of really realizing like, oh, this is how it works. And then it's like, God is showing up and it's working that way where, and um, I imagine today, the application of, you know, what you, the moment you learn like, oh, this could be different. And um, you apply it very differently, I would assume. Um, maybe, maybe not, but does that make sense? So like, what are yeah. some things that you've learned along the way that it's like, oh, this is how it's working and you're kind of using those principles to create the life that you desire. And it looks very different than like the hustle grind 20, 20 hours a day working sleep, 45 minutes, sleep, 45 minutes on a good day. <laughs> a past good day. This is so wild to me because I haven't spent time like talking so much about the past to think like, Whoa, I'll say my life was different, but I'm like, legit, there is nothing that is similar today about my life 10 years ago. Um, and that's a really powerful question of asking because there's there's it's been a process there's been layers right like we i didn't grow up um i grew up like believing in god but not understanding like the fullness of what we have access to and what his word says and believing in god but almost like the separation like god is up there in the sky he's just like watching us do life i have a lot of confusion around like while we're here what we're doing who jesus is and when we die we get to go to heaven hopefully that's honestly where my belief was at um, so it's no wonder why I wasn't like calling him into things or believing that he was walking with me or that I have access to him 24 seven and that he loves me. So in layers, what I found was that the session I shared with you about where I gave my life to Jesus, it was, it was undeniable of his existence because the moment I was sitting in my chair thinking like, okay, what have I got to lose? I had fear of getting up and going to the front of the room for prayer. Like they were handing out Bibles and praying. And I was like, well, I, I'm just going to accept him from my chair because that seems a little scary to walk up there. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for like that. I'll just sit here. My legs lifted out of the chair on their own. Hmm. And I was like, what is happening? I went down the aisle like of chairs in between. And I was like, okay, I did not lift my legs out of this chair. I, I was trying to stop it. And then my legs walked all the way up to the front of the room. And in that moment, it was so clear to me, his, not only his existence, but that he is with me and that he is for me and whatever I couldn't, I could explain now what was happening at that moment. It was like, I had no idea, but it was just like, well, this has never happened before. Jesus must be real because he just took my legs and walked me up here, which was a desire I had. My heart's desire was like, he wouldn't have done that if I wasn't saying I want this. But when I had that like physical experience in that moment of accepting him, it was like, it became fun for me. Like, what else do I not know? I came here being ignorant and I just learned something that's radically changed my life. What else do I not know? And I got really hungry about that concept. And even looking at other people's lives when I would see that they had what I wanted. Um, and typically like what I'm most attracted to is joy and laughter. When I would see that in them, I'm like, what do they know that I don't know? They know something I don't know. They're laughing about something that I wouldn't think is funny. I wanna know what their thoughts are about this because they obviously, they have something I want. I want that kind of response. So when I gave my life to Jesus, 
um, I prior had never had the desire to get married and that would be a whole nother conversation for another time, but I did had zero desire and knowing him now, that's obviously the will for his life is for, for me to find a husband and to multiply. So I had gotten really specific. He says, ask for what you want. And I'm like, I didn't know I had this available to me. And I made like this super extensive list from a place of pain and hurt that I didn't want to get married that I was like, God, I'm going to make this so hard that there is going to be no man on this earth that'll match this list. And I'll show you that I'm not supposed to get married. So I actually did it out of a challenge. And instead of like a truly asking for what you want, it was literally like, you're not gonna be able to fill this. And he, I heard God audibly um, about six months after I gave my life to Jesus, say you're healed and your husband is coming. And I got excited and then I freaked out. And two months after that, I got introduced to a man that I didn't know during the introduction was my husband. And he was like, super sweet and incredibly funny and amazing. And I was like, man, this guy could be like my best friend. And we started talking every single day for like hours and hours and hours. And the more questions I would ask him, I found he is, he's like this piece of paper Wait, he's like this. I had to go back and get my notes. I was like sitting on the phone. He matches this, he matches this, he matches this. Oh my gosh, what is happening? He matches all of these things. And God tells me like, after a week's worth of conversations, this is, this is your husband I've sent to you. And so imagine my shock of like, well, that happened fast. How could he be all of these things? I literally had this belief. So I met my husband Walden when he was 25. This is kind of funny. When we met and got married two months after we met, met got married. So we got engaged. Like he was boyfriend, girlfriend, two weeks after we met, three weeks later, engaged, three weeks later, married, totally married a stranger, but I trusted God. And I was like, look, everything that's happened in the last several months since I've encountered you it's not supposed to look normal, right? It's supposed to look crazy. It's supposed to be wild. Um, so I just, I just trusted him. Like, you're going to know him far greater than I'll ever know him. So why would I wait? If this is him, why would I, why would I wait? I would just be not trusting you in walking forward in that. Um, my gosh, my mind just, it's still crazy to me to go back to that moment. I can still feel like my heart racing that initial, like, this is exciting. This is scary. Like, um, my family thought I was nuts. <laughs> Did you have a history of just like fully diving in like this? Like I'm, I'm thinking as you're telling your story, like, like what allowed you to like, just go full bore into like fully trusting God in a process like this? Was it the fact that it was so specific or like, had you come to a place where it's just like, this is wild and crazy. And, you know, I think it, I think it goes back to that. I carried what I just shared right now. I'm realizing like I had that that thought when I accepted Jesus, like, what have I got to lose? Mm -hmm. That I could see when you just asked that, I'm like, that totally showed up in like, what have I got to lose? Like I wasn't, I didn't like who I was before. I didn't like the li life I was living before. And I was stepping into actually having really deep, meaningful um, relationships and friendships that I was seeing um, like blossom in the time that I met um, Walden. And I just had so much peace when I was, when I would talk to him that it was like every conversation I'm like this is undeniable but this is like who the lord sent besides that like i know that i heard him and i know that he said this now it's a trust like he you think about it too like he told me before he was coming right he didn't tell me after like when i met walden this year husband he told me he prepared me and said your husband's coming which i feel like is very powerful because like god is the only one who can speak to the future because he's the only one who knows the future 
Whereas um, the difference of like the enemy speaks to our past because he only knows the past. So I didn't have healthy relationships with men prior. They were all terrible. And I see that as a reflection of myself and like the beliefs I had and the thing, how I operated, um, like 100% take responsibility for, for the relationships I was in. So I knew that once I was no longer the same person, I knew the relationship had to be different and just, it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to trust him because he, he foreshadowed the coming. So I knew it was him. I knew, like, I know sometimes people get confused. Like, I'm not sure if it's God, if it's me, if it's the devil. I'm like, okay, well, the devil can't tell you what's coming. I mean, he can, and it's a lie. Cause, and he's only going to speak that it's bad. Like your husband's never coming. That's not God. So like, I was like, I knew this was God because he's saying he's coming. So it was prepared me so I could like freak out and be excited and have a lot of curiosity because I feel like he loves to see us and that curiosity, like, oh, I'm going to surprise her. It's going to be so good when she meets him. It's going to be so good when she realizes who it is. And I, I still see now that that thought was like, what have, what have I got to lose? Like, I'd rather, I'd, I'm done making Danielle decisions because that hasn't served me well. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the train with God. Okay. The last question you asked me before you asked me another one, I have to share this. <laughs> I started to say, this is what's really funny. And then I totally didn't finish the sentence. Um, so when I met Walden, he was 25. And so when we met and got married, I met his, I met his mom after we were engaged. I didn't meet his dad until after we were married. And so when they're sharing with me about like Walden and life before he met me, I was like thoroughly, my brain was thoroughly confused. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean life before? Like Walden was, I like believed in my mind that God like crafted him at the moment I wrote the list. Hmm. Like Walden, no, it's only been in existence for about eight months before I met him. There is no like past Walden. This is him when I made the list, which is funny to me because I didn't understand the fullness of God. Like, oh wait, he knew that I was going to be healed. He knew that I was going to want a husband. He knew that I was going to make this list and he already aligned it from the beginning of time. So when you were asking like, how did this evolve? I'm like, it's layers. I didn't understand who God was when I was following, but I got to see in the process more of like his character, um, through each like, miraculous story, I get to learn more about him and more about him. Like there's always more revelation. That's so neat. And I'll link a, I'll have a link to the show notes as far as like Walden's episode where he shares his story, um, which is a powerful story as well. And, and I'm curious when you said I had nothing to lose to follow God, like wholeheartedly, it made me think, the exact opposite is what keeps people from fully following after him as they, they f- believe they have a lot to lose. Yeah. Right. Like this idea, um, I don't know if you've heard it a lot, but like kind of people are like, I'll follow God, but don't send me to Africa. Right. Like they don't want to be this person or whatever. Um, can you speak into like that dynamic in the sense of just kind of what you've seen, like, patterns that you've seen in your clients that you work with, or even just like in your own life, like what is it that we're holding on to that we yeah. feel like we have so much to lose when your life is evidence. There's like so much more to gain. Yeah. When we release ourselves from. Yeah. That's a powerful question. I'm really glad you caught that because I realized that most people would be like, what do you mean? I have everything to lose because it's the fear of the unknown. Right. Whereas I'm seeing on the other side, well, I have everything to gain that I was willing. I was at a place of such like pain and destitute that I was willing to give up whatever the life is that I had. I was willing to give it up. And most people, um, 
and we actually see, we see this in scripture, like that we are as humans, we're motivated by pain. So sadly, like that's where the, the biggest place of decision comes is making change out of pain because they get to that place of like, I can't go on like this. I give up. I fully surrender. Like, so the people that aren't in that place of severe pain to make a change when they're like, they don't want to, it simply stems from the fact that they, it's either like a trust. They don't know God's character enough to trust him because even the idea, like, I don't want him to send me to Africa. Yeah. Because you don't know that it's good. Mm. Cause if you knew that it was good, you'd be like, Hey, I never thought about going to Africa. I never like pictured doing this, but like, I know it's gotta be good. Cause when it's God, it's only good. So I feel like that, the reason like we're not so quick to die to ourselves and die to like all the things that we're holding on to that we feel like are, are the things that we, like, we're always having to give up something to bring something in new. That's how like nature works. Something like has to die for something new to come in in every area. So when I'm even saying like going from the, the foundation of dying to myself to, to be born again with Christ, um, there's this idea that what we're going to give up isn't going to be as good as what he has. But when you know his character and you know that he is a man and cannot lie and that he is always good and that he can be far exceedingly more abundantly has vision for your life than you do, you're like, I might like there's places he's told me where we're going to live in the future. And it is like not somewhere right that I'd be like, woohoo. But I'm like, but I know he's good. So I know we're going to go there and I know it's going to be great because what I, I just don't know now what I'm going to know then when I get there with him. So there's just, it's the opposite. Instead of saying, I, I don't want to follow him because I don't want to go to Africa. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to get to Africa because I want to know what he has for me there. Hmm. Like this anticipation of expectancy of knowing that it's good, no matter what it looks like. Yeah, which is really powerful. Like the spirit has been kind of showing me lately, like even going back to, you kind of alluded to it, um, that first command that God gave the man to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. I've been really like meditating on that a lot and realizing the only way we can be fruitful is to actually go through that transformation, the transformational process. And like an analogy they'll use is, I don't know if you've heard the story or if I've shared it with you before about like this village of acorns, like let's say they're standing there and they're trying to be the best acorn they can be. And so they like shine the shell and they do all these things. And then one day this acorn comes and like points to the oak tree. And it's like, this is what we can be. And like, no, we're acorns. And like this analogy of acorn, like this shell, like in order for an acorn to actually be fruitful, because the potential of that seed is an orchard, right? Like, but it, it can't be fruitful unless it goes in the ground and like transforms. Yeah. And so like the spirit has been showing me, we've got like these personalities, protection mechanisms where things that we're holding on to that we're saying, no, this is good. I can't lose these. Right. And in a way, they're actually obstacles to us, like fulfilling that command and being fruitful. Right. Which the spirit's also been showing me that when we're fruitful, that's actually vengeance, taking vengeance on the enemy. Yeah. Like the way for us to take vengeance on the enemy and have a life that's fruitful. And so he comes against us in our thoughts to like suppress us and keep us down and like stay where we are, right? To stay the acorn versus like transform and um, become the oak tree. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's the idea and even underlying belief that God is good. Like, I think that was what I heard you saying. It's like you were able to fully embrace what God was bringing to you 
whether you consciously believed or not is because you believe that it was good. And most people resist that because they don't know if it is good or not. Yeah, they don't uh, know. Or they've, they have assigned things like past things that have happened and there's been like blame towards God. Blame towards God, there's been hurt. They believe he does bad things. They believe he can't be trusted. Um, but I know like you and I have talked about this, like that when God came to the garden after they ate of the tree of good and evil and had asked Adam like what had happened, which like he's God, he knows. And Adam goes, the woman you sent me, we see it right in the beginning. Blame the woman, blame God. It's not my fault. I didn't do this. No ownership. So like most people don't, it's just in nature, right? We see it all the time. We see it like right when, our, when we're grooming our kids. She hit me. She did that. I'm like, okay, this is, this is how the human mind wants to operate. And now we get to actually expand like, is this the truth? This is the end of part one of my two-part interview with Daniel Fencer. Here's a preview of what's coming in part two. In faith, not by sight, the surrendering of the thing has to happen before the vision comes in. But the, seeing him is now it's just truly a reflection. How you see him is, do you trust him? Do you know that he's good? Can you bank that he's got a bigger teddy bear behind him than what you're holding before you? Because when you know that, you're so quick to drop it and let it go. But when you're unsure, you're like, but what if I don't ever get another one? What if this is all I'll ever have? I've loved it so much. Why would you want to take this from me? It's completely the opposite. So what if what God always has and what he's calling you to is always better than the current thing you're holding? And if it's better, would you want to hold on to it? Hey, everyone. It's Tom again. And I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from 1 to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF, Life Purpose Roadmap, at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also, for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.